Hello and welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and today is part three of my Stranger Things rewatch. So for those of you who don't know, a couple episodes ago I talked about Stranger Things Season 1 because I had it on this Blu-ray pack that I wanted to watch through just because it's been a while since I've seen Stranger Things, but also keeping in uh, tradition with this podcast, I wanted to see if it's something I really wanted to own, and I ultimately decided not to own it. Um, But... Considering the fact that I had started, and like I just said, I wanted to watch through Stranger Things again, I just kept on going. And so I watched through season two, and it was uh, much worse than I had remembered. Uh, So bearing that in mind, uh, along with my not-so-great memories of season three, I was not looking forward to rewatching season three. I considered this a low point in Stranger Things as a whole, just because, one, I was not a fan of it when it first came out. I thought it was just not really all that much fun anymore. It was just kind of boring, and a lot of emotional moments did not feel earned. A lot of interesting moments, quote-unquote, weren't as interesting the more I thought about them. Just... A lot of it felt like just the magic was gone from that first season of Stranger Things. Just everything that was great about Stranger Things had just vanished. Like it was no longer, it wasn't terrible, but like it wasn't the same show anymore. It was just another Netflix product, essentially. Um, And so I was not looking forward to it because of that. Uh... And I also think it, it's it been a while since season three premiered. So season three was back in 2019, and that was three or four years ago, and season four just premiered. So I feel like the same thing happened to the MCU, where we had a period of time where we didn't have MCU products coming out, and so it kind of gave us time as uh, general audience viewers and fans to kind of let the previous uh, stuff kind of permeate in our minds. And so by the time WandaVision came out, let's say, you know, between the time, the time between Far From Home and WandaVision was a year and a half. And that's that was enough for people to just kind of shift uh, their views on the MCU. So ever since WandaVision, you know, everybody's just... I feel like a lot more people have been shitting on the MCU. Uh, Whether or not it's deserved is an entirely different debate, um, but I'm not going to go into that. But I feel like the same thing happened with Stranger Things. You know, season three ended in mid-2019, around the same time that Far From Home came out. And so then we had this time where, like, we were just kind of thinking about Stranger Things, like letting it permeate, let us letting us really soak in like what it had become. And, you know, we had even more time than the MCU. Like, like I said, the MCU only had like a year and a half. We had like three whole years before we got uh, season four on or about, you know, I'm no good at math, whatever. In any case, It's been a while, so watching it again, I was not looking forward to it. 
However, here's the interesting thing. Upon rewatching season three, it wasn't as bad as I had remembered. It wasn't good. It, it still has things that I don't like about the series. Pacing issues, uh, unearned emotional moments, um, just cliched after cliched dialogue, story beats, what have you. But I will admit it wasn't as bad as I remembered. Um, and I feel like that has to do with the fact that I do like certain aspects about Stranger Things. Like, I will admit I was quite harsh to the first and second season even. You know, I was, like, I've been saying, like, I don't like a lot of Stranger Things, but there are things I do like about the show, and I feel like that's what pisses me off about season two being worse than I had remembered and the things I don't like about season three. It's like, the reason I'm angry at this kind of stuff is because... I know there are things I like about this show. Like, it's not just a case of, oh, this is something that I just can't get into. Like, I liked the first season of Stranger Things when I first watched it. Like, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Like, I remember fondly these characters, these uh, this imagery that is in the show. Like, the cinematography, the music. Like, I remember this stuff. Like, I like... A lot about this show it just has a lot going against it as well and I think that's what is so rough about it and I get why I, it's not like it's a mystery what I don't like about this show I don't like that it feels like a Netflix product it feels like a show that's going through motions from writers who don't know how to think outside the box, who pretend they know, but they don't know. So, for example, in season three, what is the main bad guy in season three? Well, it's split between Russians and an invasion of the body snatchers type storyline. So, um, I'll go over the Russian stuff first. Obviously, because this is this takes place in the mid-80s, I get it. You want to have some Cold War stuff in there. And it's not like the show didn't have, like, Russians involved in it before. Like, the very point of Eleven getting powers is so then she can spy on Russian spies. Like, that's established in the first season. So I get that they're going to include a lot of Russian stuff eventually. But... With that said, the Russian stuff in this season is really bad. I don't like it. I don't like any of it. For a show that takes place in a world that has an alternate dimension that's gross and swampy and has, like, a little girl with superpowers, the Russian stuff just seemed really far-fetched to me. Like... I'm watching Dustin and Steve Harrington and newcomers Robin and Lucas's little sister. Fuck, what was her name? Annoying little sister. That was her name. That's that's what I remember because she's annoying. Um, I just see them walking around this Russian facility that's built miles and miles underground under the mall. 
and I'm like, this is really stupid. This fantasy show where these things are happening, I'm just like, this is way too far-fetched for me. Again, a show where a little girl can move a van into it, can throw a van in the air using just her mind. A show where a boy gets kidnapped by a vagina monster and brought into another dimension. Like, this is the season where things started happening where I'm like, this is really far-fetched. And... It wasn't even, like, fantastical stuff. It was literally just seeing these characters walk through a Russian facility with thousands of guards at any corner, and they still don't get caught until the plot says they're allowed to get caught. Like, that annoyed the hell out of me. Um, And just little things like when the Russian scientist that they kidnap uh, gets shot by another by a russian terminator who just shoots him with a silencer in the middle of a public fair and nobody says a damn thing oh god the russians are so stereotypically evil like not a single russian is likable except the one scientist they kidnap who's just like oh i will show you the way on how to destroy this thing just cuz and then he gets killed. But then, so then every other Russian character you've seen is just some stereotypically evil mustache twirling, like, asshole. And it's just like, this isn't clever. This isn't, like, scary. This isn't tense. This is nothing. This is garbage. Make him seem understandable at the very least. That's how they would have written it in the 80s, sure, but that's not necessarily a good thing. Like, just because you write something like it's been from the 80s doesn't make it good. Bottom line, the Russian stereotypes I don't like. Um, Other than that, the other conflict is the Mind Flare, which is that weird monster from the Upside Down from the second season, is now in the real world, and he's infecting Billy and all these other characters in hawkins and it's kind of like an invasion of the body snatchers kind of diddly dude where like you have these people are now under the control of a certain way of thinking and it's not them but they still walk and talk and act like them it's done so by writers who don't actually understand how the original invasion of the body snatchers treated its allegory so obviously the one from the 50s is a bit of a red scare kind of dated portrayal of what they thought communism was like but it was still a neat science fiction movie and i still like it like it's still a cute fun science fiction movie from the 50s i like the original invasion of the body snatchers and i know like the show isn't trying to be like a one-for-one remake of that but it it's it's just not the same it's not the same it it thinks it is or thinks it's better it's not it's not doing anything interesting it's just like the most generic characters get uh mind flared and so then later on in the series later on in the season when they like eventually melt into like the gigantic goop monster that's made of melted characters it's like all right who did we lose? Billy? Oh well, 
some girl named Heather, Nancy's dick boss and coworkers. It's just like, oh no, these characters I barely know anything about are gone. Sucks. Like this, this like in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, like when a character gets turned, it's a big freaking deal. When a character gets turned in this season, I'm like, oh well, like whatever. It's like I said, it's Nancy's dick of a boss and dick of coworkers. Which, speaking of Nancy's shitty coworkers, let's talk about that subplot that absolutely, absolutely went nowhere. So, Nancy, my quote-unquote favorite character. I'm being sarcastic. I don't actually like her. Her subplot involves her working at a newspaper and experiencing sexism in the workplace. Now, let me preface this by saying women do experience sexism in the workplace, especially back in the 80s. You know, I'm sure the majority of the 20th century was very, like, just horrible conditions for a woman to work at like i get it and i'm sure and even to this day women experience just hardships in the workplace i get it it's a real real issue however it's a real issue that shouldn't be explored in a show written by dudes who don't know what it's actually like to experience this kind of harassment in the workplace because it's so boring and cliched and not the least bit interesting. Nancy not getting along with her coworkers is just the most blatant and forced shit I have ever seen in any of these shows that try to deal with this shit. Like, it's so bad. How, like, all the guys are just like, oh, fancy Nancy, oh, you, you, you'll you never work here. Like, oh, we're just dicks for the sake of being dicks. And then, like, later on in the show, she has, like, a heart-to-heart with her mother after she's gotten fired. Uh, fired, by the way, rightfully so, because she fucked up royally. But, you know, that doesn't matter. She's 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 getting harassed by her coworkers. That's the bigger crime that's being committed. Um and so she has a conversation with her mother and her mother's like, no, you're awesome. You're a fighter. Like, screw those guys. It's just like, wow, I'm so glad when underdeveloped characters talk about how great they are because even more underdeveloped characters called them shitty. It's just like, this isn't clever. This isn't exciting. This isn't anything. It's nothing. It's it's genuinely fucking nothing. And guess what? Nothing ever happens. Like, Nancy doesn't get her job back, the assholes end up becoming part of the goop monster and then dying. It's just like, literally nothing came of this subplot. It it astounds me how, like, it's literally just the writers being like, oh, this exists. Okay, that's all we could do. Like, that's that's all we could do. Like, that that's it. That's all we have to offer on this real issue in the real world it's just like why even bring it up then why why waste our times it just it boggles my mind same thing with the mike and 11 stuff i want to like mike and 11 but the show does a terrible job at it because 
they want me to side with Max saying like, oh, Eleven should be her own woman. It's just like, okay, what does Max get out of all of this? Like, who is Max? Why should I even agree with her? I don't even know who she is as a character because the show just does not do anything to make me like her. She's just a smarmy, smug asshole like every other character. And Mike. Mike just says the most unlikable shit most of the time and then sometimes he says i love l it's just like okay i get it you like l there's a way you can make him likable and still an idiot like there's a way to do that and the show refuses to do that they just make him say stupid shit so then he just comes across as kind of an asshole hopper is a gigantic asshole like i know that they're trying to make him like the overprotective father who cares deeply for his daughter adopted daughter but like he's still a dick like there's so many times where i'm like jesus christ hopper like you're such an asshole that's like the bottom line of this show it's just a bunch of assholes like and i get it like they're not they don't have to be like super nice to each other but like there's this one scene that i'm remembering where it's like i see the four main boy characters so mike dustin lucas will there's one scene towards the end of the se- of the season. It's like, I don't know, episode 8, 7 maybe. It might have been episode 7 where they're together for the first time since like since the beginning of season 3. They're t- together again and they hug each other and they're like, "I'm glad to see you again." It's like, "Holy shit, I need more of this." Because the whole season they were just being assholes to each other. Will wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons, which, by the way, there's a scene where he uh, gets Mike and Lucas to join his D&D game, and he puts on some music, and it's actually the music that was played during the Podling uh, dance party in The Dark Crystal. I know this because I've seen The Dark Crystal numerous times. Um, Little fun fact for you. But then Mike and Lucas are just huge assholes to Will, and it's just like, well, shit, like why oh and then will destroys castle buyers and he does so because he remembers the fond times they've had oh by the way the fond times that they've had the one fucking D game that they played at the beginning of the series and that's it there's no other scenes of them like being happy together because the show refuses to do that that's something that just pisses me off because I'm told that these are best friends for life, and yet every other scene, they're arguing with each other. That's what makes that one scene of them hugging each other for the first time so impactful. I'm like, I want more of this, more of them getting along. Because guess what? These are characters you are claiming are best friends who have gone through a lot of shit together. They should be like, twist, like, I'm twisting my fingers right now. They should be this, like, together, tight. That's what they should be like. And not once have I ever been shown that. I've just been told that. (sighs) Speaking of Will, complete waste of time, his character was. Like, what does he do? He just says whenever the monster is approaching, this 30-foot fucking two-ton monster of melted flesh. He, 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 He senses it from the back of his neck. He's like, he's here. And then two seconds later, he comes stomping in the scene. It's just like... That's Will's character in this whole season. Great. I'm so happy that this is what he's been reduced to. Telling people 
when a obvious creature who's like five feet away is there it's just like this is what i mean like this is so stupid this is like how did it become like this like i had fun with the first season i did not like the second season i think season three even though i'm saying it's not as bad as i remembered it's still bad it's still baffling like so many decisions are made where like i'm just scratching my head like why why are we making these decisions like you want to know when the most i was into the show was the end the last two episodes i was like all right i'm kind of into this like when the characters are getting along and they're working together to fight the enemy it's just like wow this is nice i like when we get to this part can we have more of this in the show like characters who should be getting along are getting along and aren't just fighting and being assholes to each other for the sake of the plot it's just like and i'm not saying like they can't have arguments or they can't be flawed write them better like write the show better i was so bored throughout the middle chunk of this show because just nothing was happening nothing interesting was happening like I should like these characters. Like, these should be characters that you put them in any situation, and I don't care what they're doing, I still like them. But no, like, they're not that strong of characters. They're strong actors. Like, they're charismatic actors. I like these actors. I want to like these characters more, though. Make them better, Stranger Things writers. You know, I noticed upon, while watching season three, Every time the intro happened, every time I was watching an episode and then the intro came on, I got excited. I'm like, I know the episode I'm about to watch is going to be terrible and paced weirdly and just everyone's going to be a dick to each other, but I'm still looking forward to it because the intro gets me so excited. It's such a good intro. It's like when I was watching Evangelion for the first time and after a while, I was like, do I really want to keep watching? And then I'd watch the intro, and I'd get so excited. I'd just be like, hell yeah, I love ne Evangelion. And then I'd watch the show, and I'd be bored out of my mind in the later episodes. Hal hot take. Uh, Hal does not like Neon Genesis Evangelion, but that's a discussion for another time. So I guess to wrap up Season 3 discussion, um, I could just... I honestly could just point to any scene and go into massive detail over what I don't like about it. But like, bottom line, I just was so bored with the middle chunk of season three. But the last two episodes, two, maybe three episodes, I don't know, towards the end, I was into it. I was like, yes, more of this, please. More exciting stuff. More of the anti-humor that was the never-ending story sing-along. Oh yeah, that was this season where Dustin and his uh, girlfriend Sophie sing the never-ending story theme song. It was honestly so unfunny that it came back around to being the funniest fucking thing in the world. Like, I was crying at how stupid it was. Genuinely one of the best things to come out of Stranger Things as a series, uh, both ironically and unironically. Um... So obviously this is a uh, season of Stranger Things that does not have a Blu-ray release as far as I'm concerned. And honestly, 
I guess that has to do with the fact that Netflix just isn't as big as it as they used to be, and so they're probably just like, well, we don't have the funds to put season three on a nice VHS Blu-ray, and also maybe they just don't want people buying season three on Blu-ray and then just watching that and just canceling their Netflix subscription. So I get it, but I mean, season three wasn't that great. So I mean, I don't think people are going to be watching it again and again anyway. So (laughs) they're just going to delete their subscription anyway. Um, so I obviously can't keep it on Blu-ray, but if I was going to, I wouldn't, I would not keep this on Blu-ray. I, again, I don't have the first two seasons on Blu-ray, so this is no different. Um, as for season four, I do plan on watching it before October, hopefully, and I genuinely have no idea what to expect. I hear season four is pretty good. I hear it's an improvement over season three, which is great. Anything better than season three, I'll take. But, I mean, it is season four of Stranger Things, a series that should not have gone beyond season one. So, really, hearing that season four is pretty good means nothing to me. So, I'll still watch it because I am curious to see where they go. Will it be any good? That'd be nice. If not, if it's really bad, I have something to riff on. So in any case, it's a win-win for me because I can just make content out of it. Or I just end up liking it. It's Either way, I'm good with wherever it goes. But stay tuned for that whenever I get to watching it. Um, but before we uh, end this episode, let's uh, talk about a movie. So... Recently, I watched A Night in Casablanca, a Marx Brothers movie that I own on DVD. Um, so my sister started a, a class where she gets to watch films, and they are watching Casablanca currently. And so she really wanted to watch A Night in Casablanca because she's like, oh, it's been a while since I've seen it. It's like, sure, it's been a while since I've seen it. And, hey, I own it on DVD. I can make a podcast episode out of it. So I watched it, and I gotta say, not my favorite Marx Brothers movie, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, I love the Marx Brothers movies that I've seen. I've only seen three of them, but I still love those movies that I've seen from them. I love A Night at the Opera. I love this movie. I love Duck Soup. I need to make episodes on them because I like them a lot. Um, And I feel like more people should know about the Marx Brothers. I feel like more people are more familiar with the Three Stooges. But I really feel like the Marx Brothers has their place in uh, comedy history. So, um, Anat and Casablanca, it's essentially a movie about the Marx Brothers uh, involved in this hotel uh controversy where so there's this hotel in casablanca called hotel casablanca and all the managers keep dying and so groucho is then brought on to be the next uh manager of the hotel and chico's there harpo's there and hilarity ensues as these former nazis are trying to break into the hotel to steal some nazi treasure basic 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 plot and of course it is. It has to be. It's a comedy made in, back in the day. Comedies back in the day are 
stupidly simple. Like, movies like Sherlock Jr., like any Charlie Chaplin movie, they're stupidly, stupidly simple. And that's because they're putting the comedy at the forefront. You're not supposed to think about the story, think about the characters, think about the drama. You're just supposed to laugh. Laugh at the hilarity that's on screen. Laugh at all the jokes. Laugh at all the gags. And it's the Marx Brothers. So yeah, I'm going to laugh because it's really, really, really funny. Um, One thing I really do like about the Marx Brothers is how kind of diverse their comedy is. So with the Three Stooges, they are a lot more slapstick comedy. Whereas Marx Brothers are a little more, they have a little bit of everything. They have the slapstick, they have the visual gags, they have the stand-up routines. Um, they, they have a little bit of everything. They have the silent comedy from Harpo. Uh, they just have a little bit of everything, and I like that, because every Marx Brother brings something to the table. So like I said, Harpo, he doesn't talk. He ha- does a lot of the visual comedy, where like he's just doing the weirdest and stupidest shit you could imagine seeing somebody do. One of the first gags involved with him is he's leaning against a building and a cop comes up to him and is just like, hey, what are you, holding up the building? And he nods furiously like, oh, yes, I am. But then the cop pulls him away from the building and the whole thing just collapses. And that's so funny. And then just just other things. Just like Harpo has the, hilar- has the most hilarious facial expressions like he'll just use them to mock people it's fantastic chico is a lot of fun i like chico he's probably my least favorite marx brother but he is necessary he's like this italian stereotype but like he does say a lot of funny stuff he's just like this he's kind of like this shifty character where like he's just he goes up to a character and he just like makes things hard for them and it's 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 funny, but I will admit my absolute favorite Marx brother is Groucho. Groucho is not only my favorite Marx brother, he's one of my favorite comedy actors ever. I love Groucho Marx. He is one of the funniest guys I have ever seen with my own two eyes. Everything about him is as close to a live action counterpart to Bugs Bunny that we're ever gonna get you know you get characters nowadays like Deadpool like Deadpool where like he's basically trying to be a live-action Bugs Bunny he's trying to be this like real life just jokester trickster doesn't really give a shit about what's going on breaks the fourth wall all that kind of stuff and yet he's not he Deadpool doesn't even come close to the level of funny that Groucho Marx is at. Groucho is actually funny. He says things really, really, really hilariously. Just everything. It's amazing. It's amazing the tight pace he has to everything. Every scene he's in, he's fast talking. He's just saying the funniest stuff. And you miss a lot of stuff that he says, but that's what makes it exciting to then revisit the movie and see what you missed. So you can be like, oh, wow, like that was really funny. I'm glad I watched this again so I could actually hear it this time and I could actually understand what he's saying. Just everything about him is so, so funny. Um, 
it's almost kind of hard to explain. Like, it's literally just a case of you have to watch it to understand how funny it is. Like, honestly, I could just explain to you joke after joke after joke after joke, but that would get boring. Like, that's not a review. Like, just understand you need to watch any and all Marx Brothers movies. Um, I will admit this is not one of my favorites. I am more of a fan of A Night at the Opera and Duck Soup. Um, so that makes this like so far my least favorite Marx Brothers movie. But with that said, it's hilarious. It's so funny. It's so simple. What is it? 85 minutes. 85 minutes. Do you know how awesome that sounds? That is a breath of fresh air. I love that. I love when a movie can just be so simple and pack so much hilarity into it. So, honestly, I could keep going, but I'm just going to leave it here. I love this movie. I'm keeping it. I also really like this DVD that it's on. So it's a classic flicks uh, release. I've never really heard of them. This is like my only uh dvd of theirs where it's a classic flicks dvd would the i would this be better on blu-ray honestly watching it on dvd it looks great in dvd quality like it honestly doesn't look awful like it looks really great like the picture was pretty crisp the sound was all right like it wasn't a terrible transfer like it was pretty good for being a dvd honestly so and it's a really cool looking design for a dvd cover it's just a really funny movie. There's really not much I can say other than I really enjoyed it, and it's staying in my collection, so it's a keeper. Okay, I'd say that about does it then. Uh, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sticking around for, what is this, episode 17, I think? Oh, man, that's exciting. 17 episodes, and we're still going. Uh... Like I said, I will eventually get to Stranger Things Season 4. I Hopefully it'll be the next episode, actually. And I do have a plan for another movie for that uh, episode. Um, I won't reveal it here. I'll just You'll just see it when you see it. Um, but then after that is October. And boy, do I have something special planned for October. I am watching every single Halloween movie. Um the michael myers uh movies not every single halloween themed movie i'm not that much of a psychopath uh but no i plan on watching every single halloween movie because i do own them on a physical disc whether dvd or blu-ray um and i think it'll be exciting to go through because then i can lead it up to halloween ends which is coming out in october so so yeah, keep an eye out for any and all videos that are going to be on Halloween. I don't know if I'm going to do one big one or if I'm just going to split it into three. I'll probably split it into several episodes because there's a lot of Halloween movies to look out for. And also, keep on the lookout for other episodes I may do. I may or may not be doing a special episode at the end of October. I don't know. I haven't confirmed that yet. But you'll know it when you see it uh, and how special it is. But... For now, I'm just going to call it a night and say thank you all for watching, but now it's time to go. I'll see you all next time, whenever that may be.
Thank you.